Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz and I will be your host. I'm excited for today's episode because today's going to be recapping my personal experience from the London Marathon as well as talking about post-marathon recovery. So just sit back and relax and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today you've just got me and I'm doing a solo episode today to kind of cover two parts that I realized that I didn't really get to cover with last week's episode. Last week's week's episode was super fun. Don't get me wrong. Jack and I had such a fun time talking to everyone on TikTok live and you guys sent in so many questions on my podcast Instagram. So thank you so much. But I wanted to talk a little bit about I essentially want to use my highs and lows this week to talk about my personal highs and lows from the London Marathon, and then we'll get into the episode talking about how I'm recovering and what post-marathon recovery looks like for me, but specifically with this being my fourth and fifth marathon. So I want to keep that in mind that this is not by any means something that you should like follow or, you know, this isn't going to be like a guide or a how-to. This is just me talking about it because I've gotten a lot of questions around it and very concerned messages, but I kind of wanted to address all of it in an episode. So yeah, let's start with some highs and lows from the London Marathon. All right, so we're going to start with my lows from the London Marathon. And while, yes, it was an incredible experience and amazing to experience with Jack, I do have some lows. And you may have caught them in my recap videos but I'm just going to chat about them here. So if you don't know, the London Marathon essentially invited me to run with their media team. I will, however, preface with the fact that I did ask them if I could essentially run with Jack just because I was concerned about him and his spleenlessness and, you know, lack of strong knees. His knees are strong, but he's had so many surgeries on them that I was just really worried that, you know, he'd be running at some point and I wouldn't be there for him and his knee would lock up or something. And so I basically reached out to them just to say and like see if it was even a possibility. And they came back and said, yes, like love your, you know, love your content with Jack so much around his training. And so they set it all up for me to essentially invite me as like part of the media to run. But when we went to go and pick up our stuff at the expo, Jack and I picked up our bibs and they were different colors. And if you've run a couple of these big city marathons before, you'll know that typically they'll organize you by color or number just to kind of organize how they're going to, you know, start you in waves into the marathon. And so I kind of didn't really think anything of it because I just thought, oh, well, regardless, I'm just going to be with you the whole time because I'm only here to run with you and to document your experience. And this is not at all like, you know, my marathon or my race. This is Jack's. So we get to the day of and we start walking up and we're walking towards his color, which was red. And I was blue. And when I tell you that these volunteers were so strict, they would not let me in to like the red area because my bib 
was not red. And I was really worried and we were kind of like a half hour before the start time. So didn't really give ourselves that much time, but they, the volunteers essentially started to point us towards, you know, other volunteers and kind of kept handing us off and kept saying, you know, there's an information center, you can go there, maybe they'll reprint your bibs or something. But in the end, unfortunately, they ended up saying to us that you just have to split up and find each other. And they kind of just said, you know, that's just how it's going to have to be. And I was, I think just really, I was feeling a lot of emotions that day. I think I was just, I realized that morning that I hadn't even thought about the fact that I was going to do another marathon after Berlin. And it didn't really hit me until that morning. And you can ask Jack, I was very anxious, very nervous that morning at our flat before we even left. And so, you know, throw this in and I kid you not, I just started crying because I was like, this is not at all how I wanted it to be. Like, I'm going to miss the first like part of your run. I'm not going to be able to start with you. And I really had this idea of like how I was going to start, you know, filming him from the start line. And yeah, it was just unfortunate. And so I just basically, both of us had to go to our separate areas and drop our kit bags and, you know, make it to our waves to start on time. And the first three miles essentially were just of me trying to find Jack. And I kept asking a couple of volunteers along the first three miles whenever I saw them, just, you know, asking if they know when the red group would join our group, because it seemed like other colors were sort of, you know, joining our path. So I guess that we were kind of like on the main path. And I, a lot of people were telling me, you know, around mile three. And so I just kept texting Jack. I kept trying to call him. And again, if you know big city marathons, data for some reason sucks because not only are people tracking you on the apps that these race organizers make for the day, but it's just because everyone is on their phone and everyone is being tracked and, you know, everyone's data is being used. Lots of my messages weren't going through to him. And I was just trying to make the best of it. I ran into my friend, Avery, shout out to Avery. She was incredible and it was just really good to see her as well. She was running essentially as a guide and it was just incredible to see and run into her and I think that that really helped my mood. So shout out to Avery. I finally found Jack at mile three and I finally, like I basically ran up to mile three and I saw lots of red bibs start to, kind of feed into our main, you know, road. And so I called Jack and I just said, where are you? And he said, I'm, I've only just passed like mile one. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna stop at the 5K mark. And once you get to the 5K mark, I'll just join you. And so I waited for like 20 minutes for him just to come and make it to me. And I was telling him like, don't try and speed up. Don't mess with your pace at all. Take your time. And the entire time I was trying to keep my mood up. I was trying to keep the morale up because I was really frustrated. But in the end, he did end up finding me. But before he found me, this girl, and this is kind of gonna feed into my highs now, this girl like, literally dead stopped in her path when she saw me. Like I was standing in the middle of the road, like on this little barrier, just looking for him. She literally stopped and she took her sunglasses off, like moved them down her face 
and just pointed at me and she was like, I listened to your podcast. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much for listening. And then she kept just, she kept running and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's, that's just made my whole day. And so, yeah, I finally found Jack. We start running and the, this entire day was just so fun for a number of reasons. One of them being just the experience of running with Jack. And, you know, I've re- I've recapped that experience a lot in the last episode, as well as in some of the videos that I've made on TikTok and Instagram. So you can go and check those out. But it was also just incredible because not only did that one runner come up to me, there was another runner who name was Carla. She also came up to me and she, I think she recognized me because Jack saw her kick something or accidentally kick something at someone. And it was just quite funny. And she was running for a national eating disorders charity as well, which I thought was incredible and has really sort of piqued my interest into like another charity as well, maybe for future. But yeah, it was lovely to run into her. And I know that she's tagging me in a lot of her training and it's just, it's incredible to see some of those runners that, you know, you've seen online tagging you like, listen, while they're training they're listening to your podcast and so it was just very heartwarming there was also this guy that came up to us at the side because in the second half of the race we've kind of talked about how the heat came out and Jack was really struggling and this guy actually came up to us on the side and was just like I'm so sorry but I follow you guys and you're like your running journey on Instagram and it was just like very cool to see all of that and a lot of the girls from my park run came as well so shout out to Sophie, Annalise, Margaret, I really hope that I'm remembering everyone even Lauren and it was just so incredible to see so many people we saw our friend Gabriel and then we were you know once we finished and we got our medals this girl came up to me while I was talking to Jack's mom and she was like I'm so sorry but you know I just had to say that I, I love your TikTok videos and I love watching them and she honestly was so sweet and it was like I think it was very new for Jack's mom but it was also just very cool and I don't know I think just like from that day from like those few interactions I I know that it doesn't seem like a lot but it's so it just means the world to me to know that you know whether it's my podcast or my running videos in some way shape or form it's impacted people to the point that I'm seeing them at you know a big marathon like the London Marathon and to be able to interact with you guys and meet you guys was just so cool so thank you so much if you were any of the people that came up and said hi to Jack and I but I think just overall it was such an incredible day and I think as well because I was so focused on you know it being about Jack and you know having it be about Jack's day I didn't wear headphones and I was just very calm and I think for me a lot of the times with marathons you know the four marathons prior I'm always racing them and I'm always really hard on myself and it's always about you know making sure that I'm doing it in a certain time but I think really this was just so nice because it felt so, you know, it just felt like there was no pressure and it was just all about having fun. It was about being there for Jack. And I just loved, you know, use like utilizing the energy from the crowds as well. And like people talk about how you shouldn't wear headphones at big city marathons. And I totally get now why. I think for me though, part, I kind of still do heavily rely on my music for racing and that sort of thing. But I think it was just such an enjoyable day. And I love that I've gotten to have that experience now of really thoroughly enjoying a marathon and, you know, still having such a great time, even though I wasn't racing it or doing it for time. You know, it was just such a lovely day and it was just so nice. But yeah, without further ado, let's now get into how I am recovering post-marathon. 
All right, so let's get into the episode now, and I'm not really using any sort of notes or resources or anything for this because I want to preface this by saying that everyone's body is different, so everyone's recovery time is going to look different. Now, with that being said, I am making this episode because I started running and training again a day after the London Marathon. And, you know, as you guys know, I didn't just run London, I ran Berlin the week before. So I'm technically running and, you know, right back to training again pretty soon and a lot sooner than I think a lot of people, including myself, really expected. But I think for me over the years, I've been distance running for about two years now and I have been doing it pretty consistently. And so I think that I've gotten really in tune with, you know, how my body feels and what it needs. And I am someone as well who prioritizes foam rolling and stretching quite a lot just because I want to make sure that my body is feeling as fresh as possible and recovering in the best way possible in between runs. And I do regularly take a rest day each week on Sunday. But I think when I started posting this past week about you know, going into training again and specifically to race a sub 145 in my half marathon in December, I got a lot of people saying, how are you running? Why are you running? Or you shouldn't be running. And while I understand that, you know, going through a marathon, putting your body through a marathon is a lot, you know, I think that I've really, I've really learned over the years and especially ever since my first marathon, my recovery time has changed with each marathon. So with my first marathon, it was one of the hardest things that I have ever done to this day. It was a trail marathon that had like over 2,500 feet of elevation gain in a national forest in Oregon. It was very hard and I did not train to prepare for such a thing. And so my body needed a lot of time off and I'm talking like a week or two. And I really did not start properly training for anything after that for quite a while. I think I definitely had caught the bug, but I also recognized that my body was really struggling to sort of recover just because it was such a tough run on my body and I'm just not at all used to trail runs. But then with the London Marathon a year after, I really found that to be really good. I got a PB that year and I, again, needed some recovery time and I did take a a few days off. I think I went on a few sort of short runs before I considered training again towards a half marathon. But even then it was just really easy runs and I wasn't trying to push myself at all. I really just kind of wanted to see what I was capable of doing and just to see how my legs were feeling. But yeah. With Paris, I also similarly took a few days off. And with Paris though, I was still sort of traveling and vacationing after the marathon. We were still sort of walking around in the two days following and my body was sore, but it felt okay. I'm not sure and I can't remember if I would have felt good enough to run, but I think I was more so just enjoying the holiday and enjoying the vacation. And once I was back, that was when I started training towards Berlin. So I think With each marathon, it's definitely looked a little bit different in terms of recovery, but I think for this one and why I've sort of made a video, I've also made a video a few days ago sort of addressing some of the comments just because I think what people don't realize is that while I, you know, while it seems and while I definitely did just run two marathons, I only raced one of them, if that makes sense. 
So Berlin for me was definitely one that I was trying to PB at, which I did and I'm happy with and already hungry for another one in Manchester next year. But that was definitely one that I put the most work into. I, you know, put all the strength training into it. I put the 23 weeks of running into it. And that was really something that I really trained hard for and that I'm really proud of the result with. I came out with really consistent miles and I'm really pleased with that. They were all around 9.30, which was great. And I love sort of being able to prove to myself that I can keep that consistency even in marathon races. And after Berlin, we, you know, flew back the next day. I didn't run the next day. I don't think I ran, I ran the day after even. So again, I took a few days off and then I tried to run on Wednesday and I only aimed to go out for a mile and it ended up being three miles. But again, that was just an easy run that I was sort of easing myself into just to see how my legs were feeling. And then I ended up doing a couple of short two three mile runs that week just to make sure that my legs were okay before Jack and I ran London. Now with London, this was solely for Jack and a lot of it most of it was done at a much slower pace than I'm used to in terms of marathon pace. And so for the first half of the race, I was running with Jack and going at at least a minute slower than what I typically run at for marathon pace. And then as the sun started to come out, it started to really affect Jack and it was really tough. So we really had to start prioritizing trying to stop and take heat breaks in the shade and, you know, getting water from the water stations to help him cool down and poured over his head over the back of his neck and so there was a lot of walk running a mix of walk running in the second half and so our time in the end jack's official time in the end ended up being five hours and 19 minutes i believe and so you know if you look at that compared to what i did in berlin the week before with the four hours 10 it's a dramatic difference and one that i'm super happy with but i think one that i want people to understand that you know London was not at all me trying to race it or push my body. I definitely understand that, you know, regardless of whether or not you're trying to run for a PB or just run, you know, to have fun, you're still running a marathon at the end of the day and it's still going to be taxing on your body. I think I was just surprised with how okay my body was post London and I was still able to sort of walk around the day after I didn't run, but I felt very good and I was doing a lot of stretching, foam rolling, just to make sure that I was okay. And on Tuesday, I think I was definitely getting ahead of myself a bit. And, you know, I'll admit that. I think it was definitely going into that training run on Tuesday was definitely a bit of a... I wasn't sure about the decision, let's just say. And I think I was definitely like really seeing if my body would be able to do what I was hoping to do, which was start this training schedule of training towards a sub 145 half marathon. Now, should I have done shorter runs, easier runs this week? Maybe, probably yes. But at the same time, I think something that I'm working through and something that I've always sort of had as a runner, you know, within myself, I think that I've realized that after a marathon or a big race, I feel like post-marathon blues. And if you remember, I had Emmeline on a podcast once to talk about some of these post-marathon blues. And I think what it looks like for me personally is, you know, suddenly not having that goal to work towards. And I think that that's why, you know, you see me jump into 
the next training block super quickly just because I think for me while I have you know I obviously have other things in my life other than running but running definitely does take up a big part of it and I really have started to learn over the past few years how passionate I am about it and how it really feels like that's the thing that I truly love and I think in a world where you know we're you know working nine to five and you know only working to pay our bills and that sort of a thing I think that I'm trying to find my footing and trying to figure out what I'm actually passionate about because I think it's bs sometimes when people talk about you know if you're like being passionate about you know sitting behind a desk job and for some people that is their passion but I think for me I've truly found my passion in running and not just in running but you know having this running podcast sharing experiences meeting other like-minded runners on the podcast being able to bring incredible guests on and also connecting with people in the run talk community I think that at the moment what's going to be next for me though sort of on the mental aspect is definitely trying to find that balance and so I guess I I didn't want to come on here to say and you know to try and prove to you all why I should be okay to run because it's definitely pushing my body I totally realized that and I think that all I've been doing really is just saying a prayer to God (laughs) that my body is okay and that nothing happens knock on wood but I think I'm also just trying to find that mental balance of being able to be okay with not having that next race lined up. I think that I really struggle with, you know, knowing that a marathon is coming up and this happened a month or two ago, but knowing that my marathon is coming up, the thing that I've been training for for months and suddenly realizing that I don't have anything after that. And so then I sort of like rush into signing up for like a couple of half marathons and maybe even my next marathon. Hence why I've signed up for two halves and the Manchester Marathon. I'm very excited about them, but I think at the same time, I don't really give myself that grace period to really truly celebrate what my body has just done. And I think part of me today as well has kind of been a bit down, I think. And I think for a number of reasons, but mostly something that I realized today with Jack when we were out was, you know, realizing that that week where I ran Berlin and London in the same week, that was just such a high of a week from, you know, traveling to Berlin to running in Berlin, you know, coming back to London. I had my last day at my job before I started my current one. And, you know, then we ran London and it was just such a whirlwind of emotions and just such a high of a week. And so this week I'm kind of struggling with emotions and just, you know, being able to still feel happy I guess if that makes sense and I think it's just hard coming down from that high and you know so I'm I'm still kind of trying to figure out how to be okay and I think that in moments like this as well my mind likes to go to lots of different places and worry about things that I really don't need to worry about like you know thinking the worst of things really like you know how we're going into winter and it's going to be dark soon and I'm going to be running in the dark and you know the sun won't rise for you know, until seven and how my morning runs might be darker now. And I don't know, I just, my mind starts to go to these like really negative places when really I think that I actually should be a lot kinder to myself and I should be a lot nicer to myself. So if you're, if you can relate to these, to my feelings at all, or, you know, really struggling with not being able to relax and slow down and calm down, I hope that you can join me in this challenge to 
to try and find that balance within ourselves as runners because at the end of the day, as lots of people have told me, if I'm not careful, I will burn myself out and that could look like, you know, an injury or something worse. And so I am again, knocking on wood and just praying to God that nothing like that happens. But I think in the meantime, I'm just going to be trying to find that mental balance of, you know, still being able to keep running as a passion, but not having to push it as hard as I am at the moment. And I think just some sort of last thoughts that I'm having. I think that running can be so great for us because, you know, it gives you endorphins. It gives you endorphins. It provides you with that time, that mental clarity, you know, that time to yourself to really just work through your thoughts and just work on yourself. I think as someone who in the past few years has just gone through a lot in terms of just like, you know, growing up and realizing that some friends aren't meant for me because we live different lifestyles. You know, one of them being that I don't really drink. And I think that for years when I was in college and, you know, going through school, whenever I had a bad day or struggled with something, I would want to go drinking with my friends because that was a way that I could like numb the feelings and not feel anything. And I think that sometimes, you know, now I've I've sort of found that it's nice to have running and exercising to do so. But I think at the same time, I have to be careful in the sense that, you know, I'm not overdoing it. And I think just what I'm struggling with at the moment is just the fact that endorphins don't last all that long. So you could go for a run in the morning and you know it helps you feel good and help you kick up kickstart your day on a high note but then by the afternoon you might not be feeling as great and you have to find other ways of keeping yourself and your mind in a good place and so yeah I guess that's just something that I'm kind of working through at the moment and I guess a really ominous and <laughs> random note that I will leave you with and quite possibly something that I may turn into another episode later down the line when I, you know, collect my thoughts a bit more and figure this all out a bit more. But I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. It's been a bit all over the place, but when are my episodes not all over the place? (laughs) But I really do hope that you are having a great day wherever you're listening to this, whether you're on a walk or run. I really... I'm so grateful for each and every one of you that listens to this podcast. We hit 25,000 listens the other day, and each time that we hit these milestones, it blows my mind that so many people are listening to the podcast, and this is something that I never thought would happen in the two years of podcasting that I've been doing, and so I'm grateful to each and every one of you, and I really hope that you are having a lovely day. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, I will leave links to my social media in the show notes. If you ever want to get in touch about anything, send me an email or send me a message. These are also great ways to interact with me for future podcast episodes, to submit questions. So do check them out. But otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. Bye.